Hello, my beautiful women out there. I need you to get back on your throne while we watch the misogynistic fall. As you know, during our early years in this country, women were not entitled to the same rights and privileges as men. Men were allowed to do all these things while women weren't, they were not even allowed to vote and were usually required to surrender their control of their property to their husbands upon marriage. Moreover, their educational and occupational opportunities were severely limited. And it wasn't uncommon, you know, for this belief to be out that women's place was in the home, raising the children and tending to domestic affairs. And with this toxic mindset from the past and the present, some men have exploited this generational sexism and misogynistic behavior and profited off of women's insecurities. Welcome to the Unlocking Your Natural Confident Mindset podcast. And I am your host, Cynthia Lee, Master Certified Life Coach and Certified Confidence Coach at capriciously.com. I help people to create an indestructible natural mindset that only the 1% have, so that way they can achieve their goals, <clears throat> create a success on demand, and live life on their own terms. Before we get started, I do want to mention that there are several courses, webinars, and ebooks e that are available at www.capriciously.com. That is C-A-P-R-I-C-I-O-U-S-L-E-E.com. And also on the site, you have the opportunity to book me as your life coach. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Go ahead and book your free consultation, or you can go ahead and schedule a 30-minute phone call, or just hop in and just schedule your um, coaching session. I do want to put out this disclaimer that these podcast episodes will include some explicit language and we will discuss some sensitive topics as well as controversial ones. So let's get started. Um, before I go into how some men have exploited the generational sexism and misogynistic behaviors to profit off of women, um, I want to give you an idea on what a misogynist is and what it looks like, okay? So a misogynist is typically an unconscious hatred that men have early in life um, towards women that often results from trauma that involves a female figure that they've trusted um, or something that is taught down from them from their fathers, 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 fathers. Um, and sometimes women, they also, you know, carry on this misogynistic behavior as well. Um, so, but a misogynist can be extremely competitive with women and like to control them sexually and may suddenly leave a relationship without internet. Um, when a misogynist puts a woman down, the behavior is rewarded with a dose of pleasure chemicals called dopamine. And it just makes them want to keep doing it over and over. So these are the signs that you should look for um, in someone, you know, so these are some signs of misogyny. So the first kind of misogyny is generally, it's actually barely noticeable um, with additional exposure to neglect, abuse, or lack of treatment, this behavioral seeding will grow larger and more prominent, you know, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, um, I'm a firm believer on planting a seed and, you know, taking care of that seed and watching that seed grow. However you take care of that seed, um, whatever you plant, like whatever that seed is, um, and that is what it's going to grow into, you know. So behavioral seeding um, is, you know, basically starting real small with a certain behavior and then just slowly, slowly 
that bad behavior just grows until that is the new norm, okay? But even when the misogynist reaches maturity and they tend, um, they, and, and the tendency towards acting with hatred towards women can no longer be controlled, the misogynist and the women will, um, and the women around them will also like kind of fail to notice this condition when it's too late, you know? It's almost like I had this reference with a, um, a cook and he, he wants to cook a frog and the frog is alive. You know, don't ask me why the frog is alive, but he wants to cook the frog alive. So he puts the frog in a pot and you know, the pot has water in it. So what he does is, is you know, he slowly warms the water. Like he slowly heats the temperature up for in the pot. And the frog doesn't notice this because you know, the water feels good. He's just like kind of splashing around in the water and just getting like warmer little by little. And his body is adjusting to the temperature of the water. So before you know it, the frog is boiling and the frog is dead. What happened there is the frog got used to the environment and that environment became the new norm. And then by the time it was too late, the frog is dead, you know? So, so these are just signs um, and generally the traits of a typical uh, misogynist. Now, I'm not saying these are all of them or this applies to all men. These are just some traits, okay? So I'm gonna give you 12. So, and after I give you the list of the traits, we're gonna talk over them um, and to go over them, you know, just a little bit more detail. So the first one is he will zero in on a woman and choose her as a target. Her natural defenses may be down because he's flirtatious, exciting, fun, and charismatic at first. Now, this is the seed that they are planting. Um, and generally, when they when I say zero in on a woman, you know, it's, it's certain traits that I look for. I, I'm not saying this is like all younger women because this does happen with older women too who may have that daddy complex thing going on. But, you know, they can almost sense it like a wolf. Like, you know, oh, their defenses are down. You know, uh, they look needy. Uh, oh, they're desperate, you know, but they will zero in and choose a woman. I, I tell you this, they will not choose a woman who is, um, looks like they're powerful, walking with their head high and don't take shit for no one, you know? So I don't think that will be an ideal target for a misogynist. Like I said, I think that won't be an ideal target um, because I don't think they'll let a lot of shit fly, you know? So, okay, so that's the seed. So number two, as time goes on, he begins to reveal a Jekyll and Hyde personality. He may change quickly from irresistible to rude and then from rude back to irresistible. You know, that is just the, the okay, here's my language, my little potty mouth, the fucking with the mind trick, okay? You think, oh, this person is so rude and, you know, they make me so mad, you know, um, I can't believe he's doing this kind of thing, but, you know, he's so sweet, you know, he bought me some flowers, and, you know, so I'm just going to forgive him for him being rude and all that stuff, you know, because he's more perfect and irresistible than he is rude and an asshole. The third thing is, is he'll make promises to women and often fail to keep them. With men, on the other hand, um, he will almost always keep his word. Basically, how a woman feels, um, doesn't matter to them. It's whatever they want kind of thing. Um, the fourth one is, is he'll be late for appointments and dates with women, but be quite punctual with men. Okay. So I am a big proponent on time. 
I hate my time being wasted because time is one of those things that you can never get back. You can, it will never come back. Seconds, minutes, hours, once it's gone, it's gone. You just have to keep moving forward. So for someone to waste my time, I consider that as a huge slap in the face. And for any man, any person to disrespect my time, that, that is a shortcut way for me to get very upset, you know, and to be done. Um, especially let's say if it's a first date, you know, and you're, you show up late, like I'm just, it's over for the, the rest of the date for me. Like I'm done. Like I understand accidents happen, but um, yeah. So that's a big one for me. Um, I don't know how you feel, but yeah, don't waste my time. The fifth one is his behavior towards women is generally cocky, controlling, and self-centered. They feel like it's all about them. Um, and that's all that matters. And, you know, like I said, in, in, in the beginning, there's a little seedling that's placed in there. And, you know, sometimes, you know, with that seed, you know, it's planted because someone's infatuated. They're, they're all for them. They allow that seed to be planted, you know. Um, and they want that to nourish and grow to be something big. And, you know, they don't notice the little things, you know, they don't notice that the seed is, is damaging the earth. You know, they don't know that that's a toxic seed, you know, and, and all the little things like, oh, he's just cocky. That's so cute. Mm -hmm. um, oh, he's controlling. I can't do this and that, but it's just because he cares about me so much, you know, um, oh, he's so into himself. I think it's really cute how he doesn't give a fuck about me and just talks about himself. <laughs> and, and that's not cute. But like I said, in the infancy stage in relationships, sometimes um, th those little things go unnoticed, you know, um, and they just, people just think it's cute. And sometimes some, some women, maybe men, they want a relationship so badly that they do not see these things that are right in front of them. And then sometimes when people point it out, they get upset. You know, they feel like, oh, you don't want something good for me, but they just can't see what is clearly in front of them that they're ignoring because they are highly infatuated, you know. Um, and I, I will say this, this isn't just always in the initial stage of relationship. You know, this is something that could progress even longer, like after the little seedling has been planted and, you know, let's say you guys get married you know, then this can come out because the man may feel like, well, we're married now and she's not going nowhere. Or we got kids now, she's not going anywhere. And then the controlling, the self-centeredness, the cockiness, um, the not caring about you or anything like that will slowly start to come out. And, you know, if the woman's not strong enough, they may feel like they're trapped, you know. Um, my, my last marriage was like that. So I'm not saying anything that, you know, I haven't been through or stuff that I haven't seen, you know, um, and it just takes a matter of strength to get out of that, you know? So let's go into number six. He's extremely competitive, especially with women. If a woman does better than him socially or professionally, he feels terrible. If a man does better, he has mixed feelings, but he's able to look at the situation objectively, okay? Um, a lot of times, especially in a professional setting, um, you have uh, men, you know, so we're not just talking about in your relationship with someone, just men in general, sometimes they do not like even working for a female boss because they feel like this woman can't tell me what to do, you know, or if they're going towards a certain job and the woman gets it, they may feel a certain way, 
you know, they just won't like it at all. Or if a woman tells them, you know, hey, and we're in a professional setting and this is how we have to do these things, they may feel some kind of way about that, you know. But if a man does it, they they feel completely differently, you know. And I have something. So, you know, I I am in IT, you know, I have a master's degree in cybersecurity. And, you know, the further up you get within this particular um, career field is generally male dominant. So I've had situations to where I'm sitting in a meeting and I bring up an idea and I'm the only woman in the room, only black woman in the room, let me just say that. And um, woman and black woman, yeah. So I would bring up something on, you know, like an idea. And it would go unnoticed, even though I was the only one talking, everybody was looking at me. Um, and right after I say that, and there's silence in the room, another guy can say, hey, well, how about we do this? And repeat the exact same thing that I said. Didn't make me mad a little bit. However, after doing this for years and years and years and decades, you know, I, I have a nice comeback. So once everybody agrees, like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I just simply say, um, yes, thank you such and such for um, kind of reiterating what I just said. And now that I know everyone uh, feels this is a great idea, this is how I feel as though we should move forward with this. And I go back to the guy and I was like, you know, don't you agree? You know, this is the way that we should move forward with this. Yes, okay, all right, so let's move forward, you know? So what I do is I just take back control. You know, I take back my idea. I take back what was mine, you know, in that situation because don't man explain anything that I just said. Okay, so um, number seven, he will unwillingly treat women differently from men in the workplace. That's what I just explained. In a social settings, allowing men various liberties for which he will criticize his female colleagues for or friends. You know, that's just what I mentioned about the mansplaining, you know, and how some men treat different women differently in the workplace um, and also in social settings as well. Um, and I've seen as far as social settings, um, I don't know, I'm not saying like, you know, uh, everyone should have that mentality that they should open doors, like, they, you know, the old gentleman, you know, thing and treatment, you know, it's nice. Um, but, you know, to be blatant, like th that blatant disrespect between women and men in that social kind of setting is um, annoying and very misogynistic. So number nine, no, we are on number eight. Yeah, so he will prepare, um, he'll be prepared to unconsciously to use anything within his power to make a woman miserable. He may demand sex or withhold sex in his relationship. He may may make jokes about women or put them down in public and borrow their ideas in professional context without giving them credit for it. That's mansplaining shit. Um, or they may borrow money from them without paying them back. You know, um, that's misogynistic. So some of that is just being disrespectful in nature towards women in general, okay? Um, so the whole anything in their power to make them feel miserable. I will say this, in my last marriage, okay, I am divorced, happily divorced, um, so I don't wanna hear that. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're divorced. No, I am happily divorced, okay? Um, after we got married, then that's when the seed was planted, okay? 
um, the seed was planted and he would purposely try to say things to try to make me feel horrible about myself. And for a while, um, I, I thought I was ugly, you know, because he would say all these things like, you know, but now we had about three kids and, um, you know, he would say things that make me feel fat or feel ugly or not want to take me out of the house, um, like withhold sex and, you know, put me down in public. It was so embarrassing. And it wasn't until um, I actually looked in the mirror um, naked at myself, looked at my whole body and I fell in love with me, for me and how I looked. Um, I regained my control over my mind, thoughts, and soul, and I became happy with myself, and I got that confidence back, um, and that's when I got for divorce, like, fuck this shit, I don't need it, I am beautiful, I am powerful, I am strong, you are not going to treat me this way, and I will not allow it any further, um, so, like I said, like, this kind of stuff, that seed, it can be planted not just in the beginning of a relationship, but at any point in a relationship, you know, um, but as long as you hold true to yourself and, you know, the things that matter to you, you know, so don't let you recognize it. And then when you start feeling lost and you can always just try to come back, you know, and what I found was that um, the way my ex-husband was starting to try to treat me, his father treats his mother that way. And then I met the grandfather and the grandfather treats his wife that way so that's that generational stuff that he was is what he saw from you know since he was small from his father and his grandfather so in his mind this is how men should act and the women that's how the women should act you know like don't talk back to me you know you know I want sex I want sex oh you want it no we're not gonna have sex and I am a very sexual person so withholding a sex from me that's a big no no Anyways, so let's get to number nine. On dates, he will treat women the opposite of how she prefers. So if she's an old-fashioned style kind of um, sexy lady who prefers a gentleman to hold her doors for her or order for both and pay for the meals, um, he will treat her like one of his male buddies and order for himself and let her pay for the whole meal if she offers. Um, and sometimes even if she doesn't. Um, if she's more independent type who prefers to order her own meals and pay for herself, he will rudely pay for both and pay the check when she goes to the bathroom. And what I mean by all of that for number nine is that um, however you think or however you feel like you deserve to be treated, he'll do the opposite. And he'll do the opposite on purpose. Um, and in the beginning of the relationship, like the woman could be so filled with infatuation and um, and desire for this person that they may just be like, okay, well, that's fine. I'll, I'll let this happen. And, and the thing is, is then, then you are creating the new norm, you know, for the relationship. And don't let a man do that. You know, have your firm set boundaries, you know. Um, and I'm telling you this, like men, they, they, it sounds like, well, I don't want to scare them away. Um, but you won't, you won't. Um, so I'm going to just say this real quickly. So I read this book um, and I thought it was fantastic. Um, and it is written by uh, Sherry 
a grove. Hopefully I said her last name right. It's A-R-G-O-V-E. And it's White Men Love Bitches from Doormat to Dream Girl. A Woman's Guide to Holding Her Own in a Relationship. Fantastic, fantastic book. But I'm going to talk a little bit about that later when I talk about men profiting from um, women's insecurities, okay? Um, and try to make money from that, you know, anyway. So I will talk about that a little bit later. So let's, let's finish this list, okay? So number 10, sexually, he likes to control women and give them little to no attention to their sexual pleasures. Foreplay, if it happens at all, is only a necessary means to an end. He likes oral sex, but only as a recipient. And his favorite position enables uh, him to avoid looking the woman in the eyes. <sighs> women, we gain control of your sexuality. And don't let anything that pleases you sexually go unnoticed, okay? Um, I know probably in like the beginning of a relationship, once you start having sex, um, you, you know, want to make your significant other happy, but, you know, uh, you got fucking needs too, you know? Um, I am all about 50-50 in any type of sexual um relationship, sexual, anything, you know, it's all about 50-50. Um, and, you know, the withholding it, no, I don't like it because when you want it, you know, I can make it available and vice versa, you know? Um, and, you know, I don't like that disconnect, like when you don't look someone in the eyes during that sexual encounter, but I do know that with that thing of looking someone in the eyes while you're having sex, that brings forth a new level of, of intimacy, you know, and, and, you know, it's powerful. I don't know if you guys ever tried it, but you know, try just looking at the other person in the eyes, just staring in their eyes while you guys are having sex. Don't make it awkward and like stare, don't blink your eyes, but, um, that is nice. Um, and I also wanted to say also to kind of tie in um, the number nine um, and number 10, you know, about the nine, the guy basically doing the opposite of what you say, you know, into number 10, as far as like, um, you know, with sex, like if you love doing sex a certain way, or if you like the certain position and he purposely does not want to do it that way, and it's only what he wants, you know, that's, that's a red flag, honey, you don't need that. You honestly don't need that. And if he just has sex until he gets, you know, his kicks off and then not give a damn about you, like, no, honey, you don't need that. And like I said, sometimes in the beginning of a relationship, you know, the infatuation may have that blurred a little bit and you make certain exceptions. And, or if you do are married, you may feel like, well, he is my husband. Then, you know, we just, that's just the way it is. No, it's not. I'm not also not saying Go ahead and cheat on your husband. I'm not saying that at all, but you know there's um, sex coaches and sexual um, counselors that can help you guys in a relationship. You know to get past that if it is not misogynistic. If there might be something else um, that is involved um, that you may not know about about your significant other, um, maybe some sexual trauma. So that is something like you know if you're dating and you're in that spot, so you go see a sex coach. Um, or a sex therapist, you know, and married, then by all means, go do that. If it's not misogynistic in nature, then go seek help 
um, and to find out like what's going on. Number 11, he will cheat on women that he's dated in a relationship. Um, and uh, um, monogamy is like the last thing he feels like he owes a woman. I'm not saying all men cheat, I'm not saying that at all because not all men cheat um, sexually, but cheating comes in many different forms, ladies. So just keep that in mind. Number 12, he may disappear from relationship without internet, but then suddenly come back like three months later with the explanation designed to lure you back in, okay? Don't, don't go for that. Like you really just disappeared for three months and I haven't heard from you. Um, no, that's not, that's not cool. That's not cool at all. Um, and don't just take whatever kind of explanation they have, like, oh, I was just taking some time to just kind of go over some things, you know, kind of reevaluate our relationship and now I'm back. Oh, you know, my response would be, oh, okay, well, I hope you were able to figure out whatever it is that you need to figure out. And hopefully you can use those things that you have learned about yourself and how you are in relationships with the next person because it ain't happening with me no more because all the while you was gone, we could have talked about a whole bunch of stuff. So and I do understand like sometimes people need time in a relationship, but if you just disappear, you know, um, without explanation, you know, you don't, you don't have to try to explain anything else to me. Like, I'm good. <laughs> okay. Um, so with all of that being said, kind of explaining about, um, what a misogynist is and some size of misogyny that you should look for, um, we are going to go to a quick commercial break and I'm gonna go over some statistics be before I get into, um, men profiting off of women's insecurities. So let's go ahead and take a quick break and then we will be back. So welcome back. So let's go over some statistics real quickly. Um, so I'm gonna start with statistics off just, just by being kind of general and um, just talk about a whole bunch of statistics. Um, and so I wanna first start off by saying globally, women are married off at a rate of 33,000 per day. This is currently. Um, and basically girls from poor families are three times more likely to be married before 18 as girls from wealthier families. An estimated 650 million women alive today were married as children. That is double the population that is within the United States. Education-wise, um, 130 million girls are out of school. A half a million women can't read. Um, as far as the female adolescent HIV and HIV death rates, globally 340,000 girls and young women are affected with HIV each year. Um, and globally three in every 10 adolescent girls and young women ages from 15 to 24 have had some kind of, of comprehensive and accurate knowledge of what HIV actually is. In 2017, 29,000 girls 
uh, between ages of 15 and 24 died from AIDS-related illnesses. So let's get into violence against women, okay? Almost one-third, that's 30% of all women who have been in a relationship have, been, have experienced some type of physical or sexual violence by their intimate partner. And globally, 44% of, um, of girls between ages of 15 and 18 uh, and 19 think the husband is entitled to beat their wife. So let's talk about um, as far as like domestic uh, things, like, you know, the domestic uh, inequalities. Um, globally, girls between the ages of five and 14 spend 550 million hours each day on household chores. That's 160 million more hours than boys, um, their average age will spend. Um, there's 104 countries around the world that have laws stopping women from doing certain jobs, okay? Um, and as far as the maternal mortality um, and the dying in childbirth, 99% of all maternal deaths occur in developing countries developing countries. Um, with sexual exploitation of women and girls, women and girls make up 96% of those trafficking for, uh, for sexual exploitation, okay? And as far as health-wise, we are losing rights to our bodies. Um, and that's terrible. Um, it's my body, but I can't make any decisions, you know? Um, and, and I'm just, I, I, I feel as though like with the boards, when it comes to um, women's rights to their own body, which is so sad that I even have to say that, um, there's men, men making laws surrounding what I can and cannot do with my body. Um, and um, some of these things are going on. Uh, I'm just briefly touching on this. This is a whole other podcast topic. Um, as far as with the heartbeat at, um, and with, uh, let's say Texas, you know, um, even before a woman knows that she's pregnant, um, she cannot have, she, she, it's, I think it's six weeks before you can have, um, is, you can't have an abortion after six weeks. Um, a lot of times women don't even know that they're pregnant. And, you know, um, they will be forced to have the baby regardless of how that baby was conceived, incest, rape, or whatever. Um, and, you know, for a young girl or woman to be raped, that's very traumatic in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am all for life. I am. Um, life, no matter what. And, you know, to force a woman or a girl to have their rapist baby, um, it's, that's even more traumatic. So now you're talking about the life of the woman, you know, um, which is, which is not good. And let's do this. Let's do this. If they're able to convict the person of rape and notice I said, if, because nowadays it seems like you know, um, okay, the woman got raped. Well, what was the woman doing? You know, they, it's trying, it's making it sound like it's a woman's fault in a way. And then you have this whole thing of a woman proving that she was raped to, I feel like a board of men 
who, you know, tries to make this determination of, yes, yeah, she was or wasn't raped. Um, I know in, um, I briefly saw this, uh, Minneapolis, um, there's this law that, you know, if a woman is drunk uh, and she gets raped, if she chooses to drink on her own and get drunk, then it's her fault that she got raped, basically. Um, so like I said, the guy is convicted of rape. Um, then he'll go to jail, not for life, you know, depending on the circumstances. So let's say he goes to jail for, um, I don't know, two years and the girl is forced to have the kid that was conceived. Dude, are they going to come back and try to get custody or be in the child's life? So now that woman has to see their rapist all the time to, for them to be with this child, you know, or does the rapist automatically relinquish custody of the child once the child is born? You know, um, like, so this whole thing is just so complicated, but, you know, the determination of what, of what a woman does with her body should lie between the woman and God. That's my opinion and my opinion alone. I don't need anybody telling me what to do with my body and, um, and, or what to do with anything, you know, just like I said, those are my thoughts. Those are my feelings. Um, I have a daughter and you know, it will be so hard for me to tell my child, you know, yes, I know you got raped and it was very traumatic, but a baby was conceived and you have to have that baby. Like, like, no, 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 no. Like I, I could not do that. I could not watch every day my child just live hating herself and hating herself for even more um, for like anything that's happening, you know, again, that's, that's another podcast discussion. Um, but you know, it is something that needs to be talked about. So, you know, I went over all these statistics and, uh, there's another statistics that I found, you know, um, women are more likely to get injured in car accidents. Do you know why? Because the seatbelt and all that stuff was designed for a man, you know, um, and you're more likely to see more, um, males, on stage, on TV than females. And of course, you know, females that have to argue for still, even now to this day, to get paid the same as men. So you have all these struggles that women go through, all these like obstacles that women go through just to get the things that they should be entitled to, you know, that a man gets, you know. And let's let's talk about this. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, like my body, my everything my being as a woman is powerful i could bring life into this world i could bring another man into this world another girl into this world i can do all these things yet i have to fight to get equal like you know it's it's just it's just ridiculous you know um so let's let's do this you know i now want to talk about um men who exploit this you know um and, you know, it's, it happens a lot, you know? So I wanna talk about um, a couple people, you know, um, just two, two men in particular, um, their books or their podcasts or, you know, kind of what they do. Um, but they, these guys, they wouldn't be so well known if it wasn't for the woman seeking advice from them. 
and I'm not saying anything about women who seek advice from men as far as like when it comes to like relationships and how they should be as a woman you know um there could be some underlying things in there that they did not receive you know I don't want to say it was you know a lack of a father figure in their life or um you know, the daddy syndrome, or, you know, they feel as though I'm going to go and talk to this guy about how to get a guy because he's a guy, so he should know, um, kind of thing. Um, but I feel like, um, women should talk to other women about relationships, you know, um, and how they can be their best selves, you know, in order to attract the guy that they want, because, when you are yourself in a relationship, you are, you're, you, you put less energy towards being someone fake to, to pretend to be someone else. And, and when you pretend for so long, like that's just draining, like you're just going to drain the hell out of yourself. Like, so why even do it? Just be yourself and the right man will come along, you know? So, um, and I'm also going to talk a little bit about what my, my brother said about, you know, dating you know because I, I did talk to him about this so but the first person that I wanted to talk about so I'm talking about the the men I'm talking about this book first and I'm compare it to um the other book why men um love bitches so this is the old book um and I don't know if you guys read this but it's act like a lady think like a man by Steve Harvey okay um I actually read this book a long time ago Um, and this book is supposed to reveal what men really think about love, relationships, intimacy, and commitment. Okay, I got it, you know, um, so this is just what men think. However, in this book, he talks a lot about women, you know, and basically, you know, have like high standards and you know this is what a woman wants you know okay hmm maybe this is from a man's perspective you know um and you know he's basically saying um you know so I'm just gonna paraphrase I'm just gonna go over just a couple of um things he talked about in the book I'm not gonna read the whole book to you um we're not in elementary school here um so one of the things that Steve Harvey talked about was the three things that every man needs okay he says support loyalty and the cookie you know and yeah I get it you know you're not going to talk about what you know a woman needs um wait a minute he does so he says women are complex creatures you need stuff why we come uh, are complex or complicated you know I'm not women aren't so and he said you need a stuff you need a lots of stuff and you expect your man to provide it even if you haven't explained what it is that you need or want, or even if you needed um, something um, or wanted something five minutes ago, you know, basically saying we're confusing and we don't know what we want. So as a woman reading this, um, I'm thinking, huh, maybe I am confusing and I need stuff and I am complicated. So Steve Harvey, how can I be less complicated in order to get a man? You know, uh, so, he talks about, um, he said, well, he did put in there that he said jokingly 
that the only way a woman can truly be completely satisfied is to get herself four different men, an old man, an ugly one, a mandingo, and a gay guy. Um, and, you know, to combine all that into one person, then they have the perfect guy, okay? And um, so he said, the old guy, he will sit around the house with you, um, spend his pension on you, hug you, hold you, and give you comfort and won't expect any sex from you because, well, he can't get it up anyway. This is Steve Harvey saying that. But from him, you get financial security. The ugly one, he'll go above and beyond the call of duty to help you out. He'll take care of your kids, take them to their lessons after school. He'll run down to the grocery store, wash the car on the weekends, babysit, whatever you need, he will provide it because he's just happy to have someone as beautiful as you and you're paying him any kind of attention. You know, um, from him, you get time, you get me time. He frees you up from all the things that you need to do. And then there's the mandingo. You need a big old mandingo man. Um, and you know what to get out of him, he's big. Um, he's not just smart. He can't hold a good conversation. He got muscles popping out from his eyebrows to his pinky toes. And when you see him, you know that he got, he's gonna put your back out. Again, this is all Steve Harvey saying what he thinks a woman needs in a relationship, which is four different men wrapped up in one. Um, and uh, a good mandingo is good, but um, it's not the size a lot of times. It's how you work it. And if you don't have the size to work it, you have other things that you can do, you know. So anyways, and then there's the gay guy. This is Steve Harvey saying um, someone that you can go shopping with and who doesn't want anything from you but the gossip and the details. Um, what the old man bought you run errands and you send the ugly guy to take care of and exactly how the mendingo is doing. Um, you use him every while, like just once in a week. Um, and then the gay guy gives you the conversation to make you smile. From the four guys supplying each of your needs, um, it should bring you happiness. No. Now, again, this is a man's idea of what a woman needs. So if I was a woman who was not sure of herself, confident in herself and loved herself dearly, I would read this and be like, oh, oh, okay. Hmm. Maybe this is, uh, maybe he's right. Oh, okay. All right. So, so what do I need to do, Steve Harvey? What do I need to do? So I can be, I can be less complicated and complex in order to get a man. Um, so... He says, now by contrast, men are very simple creatures. It doesn't make a, take a lot to make them happy. In fact, there's only three things that pretty much a man needs. Well, he said every man needs, which is support, love, and the cookie. Three things, that's it. And I'm here to tell you, yes, it's that simple. Again, this is Steve Harvey, not me saying all the stuff. Um, and so he goes into details about talking about the support saying, you know, that a woman, that he, the man needs a woman to give them support. Um, and let me keep going. Yes, I'm flipping through the book. So yes, I'm reading some of this stuff verbatim. Um, needs the loyalty. A woman needs to be loyal. Um, doesn't talk about anything about a woman needs a man to be loyal as well, but the woman needs to be loyal to her man. Um, and 
needs to make him feel special. And then the cookie, he specifically says, no brainer, men need sex. We love it. Um, and there's nothing like it on the planet and they need it. So basically women, if you withhold the sex for any reason, don't get mad when a man leaves. That is what he is saying um, here about a man. So, you know, if I'm reading this and I don't think to myself, oh, well, fuck that shit. I need sex too. Um, but it's not, it's not a requirement, you know? Um, in my opinion, this is my opinion, you know, sex is good, sex feels great. Um, however, comma, it is not something that is given, it is earned and deserved. Um, and, you know, there is, there, there should not be any stipulations placed on that, i.e., you know, a guy says, well, I do all this stuff, I pay the bills, so you should do this for me, you should give me sex, you know, I'm entitled to it because I'm the man. No, 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 you're the man and that's why you're doing those things, you know, you make me feel safe and so on and so forth, you know. Um, and also in his book, um, he talks about uh, ways women can say things to where they don't sound so needy, you know, and they can get a man's respect. Uh, and he goes into detail about, you know, basically saying ways for them to ask certain things. So it sounds more ladylike, you know. Um, so one of the examples is, let me say this. Okay, here we go. Here's a good example. Um, okay, he, he says, you know, um, he's going to lay out some examples on how you can wrap up your work requirements in a pretty little bow and basically be ladylike. So instead of saying you can't stand it when a man shows up late, say something like, I know everyone is busy these days and time is so precious, isn't it? Um, I go out of my way to make sure that if I say I'm going to be somewhere at 7 p.m. that I'm going to be there at 7 p.m. if not earlier so that we can um, get to the things that we need to do in a timely manner. If I'm going to be late, then I'll just give a call, like that's a courtesy. Okay, maybe I'm too bold and direct, you know. Um, I'll let a guy know. I don't like it when you waste my time or when my time is wasted. So if you are going to be late with anything, just let me know ahead of time and I won't be upset. But I guess, I guess that's not ladylike, you know. I have to be, I have to be more ladylike when I say certain things. And then he has another example. If you're dating and sleeping with other women, I am not the one. So don't say that, ladies. Don't tell him that if you're dating and sleeping with other women, I am not the one. Instead, say something like this. I'm always honest with the man I'm dating. And if I feel um, that I want to see other people besides him, I'll let him know up front so that he can decide if he wants to continue the relationship or ask me to date him exclusively. Okay, well, you're still not putting any requirements on him. You're saying what you will do and that you will let him know if you are seeing someone else. You're not telling him that if you're doing this, then it's not cool. You're not saying that at all. 
So this little pretty little bow. Okay, yeah. Let's let's try to find some little ways to make um, the woman more submissive. And you know, then he talks about the ninety day rule. You know that bullshit. And I'm just, I, I say it's bullshit because of this. Okay. Um, if you are into this guy, you know I, I'm a real big proponent on you know, letting stuff happen the way that happens naturally, you know, without any force, just let it happen. You know, things happen for a reason. Um, but also to put a stipulation on 90 days, you know, for a guy to feel, okay, it's been 90 days, I'm entitled to this. You know, you're still in that infatuation stage. Do you actually know this person? Are you guys friends? You get what I'm saying? Like, if you want this to be something further, like, you know, or something that grows to something spectacular, I, I'm a big proponent on those great things arise from friendship. You know this person, you're comfortable with this person. You can be yourself around this person. You know, you don't have to pretend to be someone else. You are you, that wonderful, fabulous you, and they love you for the way that you are, you know? Um, so 90 days, hell, that's still the infatuation stage in my eyes, you know? Um, so that that is just bullshit. Whenever it happens, it happens. You know, um, you know that hell. There could be some agreement, like after thirty days, like you know, this isn't going any further. You know, and you may just just keep the person in your side pocket as your you know little boat thing to call. Like who knows? But to say okay, after ninety days, if you have not given this guy any cookie, ladies, you are wrong. Especially if everything is going good in the relationship. You know, then if you don't give it up for 90 days, don't get mad if the man leaves. You know, if the man leaves because I haven't given up in 90 days, then he can go the fuck on, basically, you know. But you have these women that are running to this, like, oh, okay, let me figure out what I'm doing wrong and why I can't get a man. No, honey, maybe it's because you're looking in the wrong places or you don't know who you are yet, you know. Once you know who you are, you know what you like, you know what makes you happy, you know what, what, what's your little trigger, you know, um, you know the one thing that a guy can do that can just make you smile regardless of whatever's going on in the world. You know those little things about yourself that make you special and, and make you fall in love with yourself. And that, my ladies, is what men will see and what they will fall in love with, that beautifulness that you were portraying that is amazing to men you know so um that and and what I see is like women are like flocking to him to get advice you know um to to figure out what's wrong with them why can I not get a man Steve Harvey help me figure that out um and they get this bad advice but they keep running to him and asking for advice you know, and a lot of these women, they're, they're insecure. Um, they are um, just desperate to have someone when, you know, we should be talking about like, it's not you, you know, um, it's not, you're not the reason why you can't get a man, um, but you need to start loving yourself. You need to, you know, just make sure that you are your best self. Um, so, that actually makes me really mad, you know, especially watching like, you know, his show, we got the Ask Steve moments and you have women, you know, talking about what can I do to get someone or in a relationship, this is happening. 
And, you know, he puts it off sometimes as it's the woman's fault for not doing something or, oh, you're not giving him the cookie enough. You know, that's why, you know, he's leaving. So, you know, women continue to get um, advice from this guy um, who has been divorced so many times. Um, and like I said, I've been divorced. However, I was divorced because I realized that I deserve better in the relationship and I deserve to smile. Um, and that's why. I filed. So it's not one of those, okay, well, you're just being a hypocrite. Um, so earlier I mentioned this book, uh, Why Men Love Bitches, From Doormat to Dream Girl, A Woman's Guide to Hold Her Own in a Relationship by Sherry O'Grove. Um, great book. And in this book, it, it's, it's almost like a relationship guide for women who are too nice, okay? And um, she she talks about, in this book, um, and, and like I said, it, it is a great read. If you have read it, um, you know, I would love to talk to you about it to see what your thoughts are on it. Um, and it's, it's basically just talk about like how sometimes we'll miscompromise, you know, for the things that they want to do just to make the other person happy. And, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about time, you know, like let's say if you're talking to a guy, he says, well, what are your plans for the next day? And you tell him what his plans are. And they said, well, I was really wanting to meet up with you around this time. And the woman adjusts her whole schedule just to, to be with that guy instead of saying, well, I'm doing something at this time. So let's do something at this other time. You know, what do you think about that? And it really just helps them to, this book helps them to realize that, you know, you can hold your own in a relationship and there's nothing wrong with being yourself. And, and, you know, like I said, you can compromise on certain things, but other times, like, you know, you don't, you don't have to compromise at all. So great book. I, I do recommend um, that you do read it. It's, uh, it's very nice, I think. Um, and like I said, I, I want to know your thoughts on it. And, and it's a complete contrast to Steve Harvey's book, you know, where he basically um, wants to portray women as a doormat. You know, um, nah. No, women, you are powerful, you are strong. And, you know, this book will give you the, the feeling of confidence, freedom, and empowerment that you deserve. Um, and uh, awesome read. So I want to talk about the second person. The second person is kind of just came up on the radar with me and is from my, my brother told me about this guy. And so the guy's name is Kevin Samuels. And if you haven't heard about him, you know, he's an asshole. I'm sorry. Um, he is a, I want to say that he's a life coach, um, a horrible one at that. Like the advice he gives to women is terrible. Um, there's no other words to explain it. It's just terrible. You know, um, he went as far as to tell this woman who called in to get some advice that women should be no more than a size four, look like Beyonce, cook and clean and be there for a man and have babies. And he told this woman that her women's sole purpose is having babies and taking care of a man. And all the while I'm looking at this on YouTube and I'm looking at the woman's expression and she's just like, oh yeah, you're right, you're right. And Kevin says like a woman does not, a man does not want an educated woman. You know, that's not attractive to them. And I'm just like, what the heck? And this woman that was on the other end of the call, like she is just 
reevaluated her whole entire self. She had a business and it's like, oh, that's why I can't get a man because I'm too powerful. I'm too, um, I, I'm doing too much. I need to look more subservient in order to be more attracted to a guy. And, you know, he was telling her about, you know, all of these like freaking misogynistic views about what a woman should be like. And when and listen to it, like, you know, he's, he's not a millionaire for no reason, ladies, uh, like, come on. So these women go to him to get advice for what? Like you're getting it from the wrong person. And, and I'm not gonna say all these women have daddy issues. I'm not gonna say that at all. Some women may be desperate because at some point they feel like though, I'm in my thirties or I'm in my late thirties, my forties, and I don't have a man and I need to have a man in this day and age in society in order to fit the norm. You know, oh, I don't have kids by this age. I'm not fitting the norm. There's something wrong with me. You know, no, 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 (laughs) no. So that, is just crazy to me, you know, how all these women flock to him and, and the advice that he gives with a straight fucking face, you know? Um, and yes, it can be intimidating, especially when you're on the end and it's like, do you argue with this guy? Um, and his relationship advice is like terrible. Like, I, I, I just don't know why um, someone will listen to him, you know? So, but more recently, in recent news with Kevin Samuels, um, he was caught uh, having a guy in his bed. Um, so he was flipping the cameras on his live shows. You know how you know people have different camera views or whatever. You can switch through. You know if you're recording something live, and he switched through a camera that is in this room, and it showed a man sleeping in his bed, and he tried to laugh it off. So um, that's the advice that your women that go to him, get advice from, you know? Um, and, you know, like, and I wanna say, and I can't stress this enough, women, we need to regain our power back. We need to come back into our own and stop giving money to these men who try to tell you to be more submissive, um, to be more in what a man's, some men's view is in, in women, like we're t- women are tossing them these monies and tossing money to them and when, you, you don't understand, you already have the power, okay? You are already sitting on your throne. You don't need some guy to tell you that you're less than who you are and who you are meant to be in order to make money and to make you insecure so you can keep running back to them to get that bullshit advice on how you need to change yourself to be more submissive and to be more woman-like, to be that size four, to always look like Beyonce every day and that your sole purpose is just to have babies. Stop running to them. Stop giving them your money. You already have the power. You already have that natural confident mindset to tell yourself that I can't accomplish anything and I'm gonna get the man that I deserve. Um, and that man is gonna be you know, the one that works for me and me, my lifestyle, everything about me. And you know, um, the, the, and that toxic mindset as well as, um, it's not just coming from men, saying women should be in a house, they should be in the kitchen, they should be, you know, cooking and cleaning and, and yielding babies, like spitting them out, like one, two, three, taking care of the babies, taking care of their husbands, you know, um, and sometimes women as well. 
And I will say this, I'm a Southern girl, you know, good old country girl. My mother's good old country girl. Her mother's mother's good old country girls and, and so on and so forth. And there is this mentality sometimes, you know, that women tell women that, you know, you should be, you know, in the kitchen, you should be able to take care of your husband and you should be able to, you know, have babies. And if you don't have babies by this age and there's something wrong with you and you're not being a woman, you're not being in that role. And, you know, that's crazy. That is just craziness. And, you know, and what you do is, is, is you create this mindset for women as well. So it's also women doing women too. So don't get me wrong. It's not just men. Um, women do that to other women. And I remember as a child, my mother, she would always tell me, you know, you need to look nice when you leave the house because you want to find um, a husband so that way they could take care of you, you know? So she always like get me all primped up or whatever. And I hated it. I hated it so much that I actually became a tomboy. And, you know, I, I hated every aspect of the need to find a man, you know, and my mother didn't, she really didn't push education as much, you know, um, and that made me want to get educated. It made me want to not be that woman stuck in the house, um, having babies and all of this stuff. You know, it made me want it to be powerful. It made me want it to be more than that because I am more than that. And when I walk out that house now, looking fabulous as always, is not to get a man. It's because I look motherfucking good and I feel good about myself. You know, regardless if that attracts a guy or not, I'm doing this for me because I love me. And my beautiful queens out there, you are beautiful and you are powerful. You have hips, you have thighs, you have breasts, you have brains, you have a genius inside of you and it should not be held back by any misogynistic person out there that tells you that you deserve less and you are less and profited off your insecurities. Okay, so... I'm gonna take a deep breath. I am off my soapbox and I want to um, thank you for, for joining in um, and listening. And I do wanna hear your thoughts. Um, I do wanna know what your, your, your opinions are about everything that we talked about. Um, I, I want to know um, some of the stuff that you were told as a child as well. And what you think about these two individuals that I talked about, Steve Harvey and Kevin Samuels. If you ever heard any of their stuff, what your thoughts are on it. And as well as you, you know, read the book, um, Why Men Love Bitches. I'm curious to know um, and understand that we need to teach our daughters that what they say matters. No means no, not maybe. We also need to teach our daughters that their voices matters and so do their bodies. And we need to end this generational misogynistic sexist views on women and women, we need to regain our power back. And, you know, the way we do that is to tell our daughters, tell ourselves, tell our daughters' daughters that they are powerful. They're more than in their bodies. They're beautiful queens. So until next time, I will talk to you later. Thank you for hanging out with me. And if you like what you are hearing and you want to continue to hear more inspirational and motivational coaching tips that's designed specifically to help you to obtain unshakable self-confidence, then be sure to subscribe. Also, 
on capriciously.com. That's C-A-P-R-I-C-I-O-U-S-L-E-E.com. We have a number of courses and a membership program that is designed specifically to help you to master the art of being truly authentic to yourself and to have that unshakable self-confidence that you deserve. Also there, you can book your free consultation if you're interested in having me as your personal confidence coach. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Go ahead. What are you waiting for? Check out capriciously.com and see how we can help you to get that unshakable confidence that you deserve.